Hello all and welcome to I forgot to check the episode number. I'm pretty sure it's number 33. Sounds right. It, it does sound right, but I don't trust me. It is 33. Ha! That's a first. I'm never right. Fine. Fine. We're back. Yes. I am Steven. And I'm Miriam. Sorry about the... It's basically been a month now, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was like two weeks of you moving, and then last week I slept in, and then we couldn't find another time to actually record. Yes. Yeah. So it now was a, you're, you're... I'm on stream waiting at 8, and then I get a message from you at like 10.30. Sorry, I just woke up. Yep. <laughs> I think it was because I, I feel like the night before I was up until like 1 a.m. doing... Uh, stream editing and also playing yeah. Hunt with Odinson. So this time I actually went to bed early. Mm-hmm. The problem now is just that I've been wearing contacts for like three days straight, which doesn't actually seem to affect my sleep, but it does make it harder for me to keep my eyes open. And I don't know why. Out. So it's not even like I want to go to sleep. It's just I want to sit here with my eyes closed, not looking at anything. Maybe it's your eyes dried out a bit? Uh, no. They... That usually happens on the first day, but after the mm-hmm. next couple of days, it's usually fine. It's just, like, my eyelids are heavy. Oh, I yeah. haven't worn contacts in probably two years now. Yeah. I... But I've just switched back to the glasses, so it's just taking me a minute to adjust. Mm-hmm. I also, it occurred to me, as we were doing the engine room, that I took a muscle relaxant, didn't I? Because I have, like, a cramp in my leg and have screwed up my knee something terrible. And I took, like, a quarter of a muscle relaxant and forgot, so that's probably not helping. So, It'll I have coffee. Fun. Yeah, I have coffee to, like, fend this off. Oh, also, those of you who are watching the video of this, welcome to the new office. It's not 100% set up yet, but um, I don't have a skylight that randomly changes um, what, my, what, my, uh, what sort of daylight is coming in on a regular basis. It makes so. us all so much happier. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I'm trying to dodge the light or like it's a glare right over the camera and nothing I can do. Like I can't move it to either side of my monitor to actually make it um, not terrible. Yeah. But yeah, the background will probably be changing as uh, Alex and I set up and unpack. But uh, for now... Welcome to the new streaming spot for me. Yeah. You can tell, because the audio is also, like, astonishingly better, too. I know, right? Like, just because it's not, like, echoing around that big room now that you've got it sort of, like, enclosed, it's just, it Mm sounds... I I think it's just that you can move away from your mic without it being quite so bad now. Yeah, like, I literally, my mic is right here, and, uh, actually... Like, it's only bad if you stare down the stairs while you're talking. (laughs) Well, I also have a, um tabletop stand that should be in today. Ooh, nice. So I can actually have it sitting on my desk in one place forever. Did you ever snap and get the camera that actually has autofocus? No, the camera is next on my Amazon purchasing list. Like I said, (laughs) like we said in the engine room, um, I tend to be of the, okay, what do I need right now Mm -hmm. to make things livable and workable? Okay, for example, a French press. I don't own a French press, but I realized I was out of both coffee and tea this morning for my usual Monday morning, like, get myself up, uh, wake up, deal with, well, now that we have cats, you'll probably hear one of them in the background, um, he's loud, but I had to run out and get coffee this morning, 
But yeah, you're going to hear Jack in the background. He is a very loud boy. Very. And he deeply resents being uh, being stuck in the um, bathroom where I put him uh, while I stream. Because he can climb! Yeah, you can hear that full story on uh, the engine room on Patreon. Apparently he's trying to pull some superhero crap. It sounds kind of impressive, if mildly it, terrifying. It really is, and he just he, he deeply resents the fact that I put him in the bathroom. <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna be like, meow, 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 my meow. life is suffering. Despite the fact he has food in there, he has water in there. I have extra treats in there for him. <laughs> He'll be okay. So he can survive for like an hour and a half. As I, I try to slowly work us back towards our actual uh, topic, we are here to talk about M19. This is not the fabled uh, Dominaria story episode, partially because we sort of are hoping to move a little bit away from doing the story episodes. Mm -hmm. Just because lately, I'm going to charitably say the story hasn't been great. And... Yeah. I don't want to speak for you, but I know personally I'm. I don't like the whole gate watch thing in general. Like we just keep seeing, they keep finding excuses for everyone to go everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and I now, know for a fact, hmm? we both get fr- we both, well, for one for me, I have a hard time just like it's so much at once that it's hard to really cover in a way that makes sense for our podcast. Yeah, it, yeah, it just it doesn't make sense for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll probably try and do a, like, not go story by story, but sort of an overarching thing. Um, I have, I have admittedly had some of the, I'm not going to say the story points, but some of the behind the scenes things sort of revealed to me, like the fact that they brought in a new writer who hadn't written MTG before to do Dominaria, which seems like a not great idea to bring someone in new to cover the plane that Magic kind of focused on for like a decade, um, as well as not telling them that they gave Jace a bunch of character development. So... It sucks so much because Ixalan was great. Yeah, that's... I that's Ixalan. I liked Ixalan too, and that's part of why I'm just like, I'm, I'm very concerned about, about covering the story in the future, is if they're going to not consistently tell the story in such a way that things are going to, like, maintain, then I don't understand why we have a story. Yeah, it would, like, best case scenario, they have, like, the same core team of writers for the entire, just, that are story-focused. That would be incredible. Yeah, like, I just, I, I... Yeah, there there are some weird things about the Dominaria story behind the scenes that I've now heard that I'm just going, I don't understand any of these decisions, especially when you did Dominaria as a single set that for some reason every previous set only needed five stories for, or sorry, not set, as a single block and every previous block only, or no, I did mean set, God. I'm sorry, I always get block and set so interchangeably confused. Like, uh, Ixalan. We had five stories for Rivals and five stories for actual Ixalan. Mm-hmm. We needed 12 to get through Dominaria, but it was only one set, and it was an entirely new writer who'd never written for MTG, and I, everything about this sounds 
weird, especially knowing that there was supposed to be a second Dominaria set. But now there's the extra thing of, have we talked about where we're going after Dominaria? I don't think we have. I think announcement day was while we weren't recording. So, okay, to be clear, I love the plane that we're going to after Dominaria. However, I don't three large sets love Ravnica. I don't love three large sets that are going to take over the story for an entire year love Ravnica, because the last time we had a three-set Ravnica block, we had two sets where no story took place, and they were pretty good and fun sets to play, and then one set where all the story happened. And the story was weird, and gave us the current Jace. So I'm not the happiest about any aspect of that, if I'm honest. Deep sigh. Yeah. Like, look, I love Ravnik as a plane. Ravnik is an amazing plane. But if the entire point of the past, like, three years of changing up standard was, we'll get to see more worlds. Like, it started out... Why are we going back to the same worlds, then? Like, apparently we're basically just going back to Ravnik every, I think it's like seven years now, which... Fine, it's one of the most popular planes in existence. Like, probably second only to Dominaria, but we only stayed there for... But does it need to be one three set? set? Like, threefold? <sighs> See, and like that's what I'm worried, years? is that what we're going to end up doing is it's going to be... The first set will introduce five, five, five of the guilds, the second set will do the other five, and then the third set will be, All right, Bolas was coming here for his big story thing, because this is the other thing I still don't get. What in the blue hell does Bolas want on Ravnica? He's literally coming to try and take over the only plane in the multiverse that we know of that has a magical bureaucracy system specifically in place to prevent one person from taking over. Like, that's what the first two Ravnica blocks were about! Big eye roll. Big, big beautiful... Does that, does that sum it up? Yeah, it's just like... My thoughts. So, so like, quick rundown of the, the story for the previous Ravnica blocks. The first Ravnica block was, hey, let's introduce this whole new city thing. And the story for it took place over the course of a couple of years, if I remember correctly, because it uh, mostly followed basically a police captain, or not even a captain, it was like a, a, a beat cop, effectively. Um, and it was... The first set was the house that doesn't exist, that everyone tries to ignore and pretend doesn't exist, uh, exists and is actually sort of helping a different group break the guild pact, and then the guild pact was kind of sort of broken, but not completely, and then the second one happened, and the guild pact completely broke, and they sort of rewrote it, but it wasn't quite as good, if I remember correctly. And then the third one got really extra strange because it involved a different... It involved the Azorius trying to break the guild pack and also the Simic almost ruining the entire plane because they're crazy. Um, The first Ravnica story was very confusing, like I said, because it was split over a couple of years and also involved creation of a demi-plane. Hi, Cal. That was terrifying. Um... Like, the the Ghost Quarter card that we 
have is a reference to a demiplane called the Ghost Quarter that was accidentally created in one of the Ravnica blocks um, because all of the like undead spirits were getting sucked up into it. It was very odd. Um, and then the most recent one was... There was basically no story in 1 and 2 of uh, Return to Ravnica. Like, the first one was Introduce Five Guilds, and, hey, there's this, like, there are these gates that we've started to identify around the city. And then the second one was Introduce the Other Five Guilds, and, hey, look, we found our gates, too. And then we made it to the last set whose name they didn't reveal until very late because it was called Dragon's Maze. Because Niv-Mizzet, the only dragon left, except that he wasn't the only dragon left, so it got even more confusing, mm-hmm. uh, f- I guess decided that he discovered this maze that ran throughout Ravnica, so every, every guild set up their runners to like run this maze, and I don't remember how, I'll be completely honest, Jace won, and became the Living Guild Pact to, like, make sure that the Guild Pact actually worked. Got it. It was... It was odd, and like I said, I'm massively summarizing pretty much everything. Like I said, um... This is gonna get a little weird, I think. Yeah, and that's... I guess that's just my big worry, is that usually with Ravnica's sets, historically, we don't get a ton of story. Like I said, a lot of the story from the first Ravnica set wasn't visible in the cards. It only was visible if you read the actual books. Um, so I'm just a little bit worried that we're going to end up with this, like, same thing as the last couple of times where, yeah, there's story in the background if you read the extra stuff, but it doesn't reflect in the cards very much. What you'll end up with is, oh, like, I don't like that. hey, look at Ravnica, which I'm fine. Ravnica is amazing, and I would like to see what a new... Uh, world building team does with it because every time they go they do some amazing new designs the Demir somehow get worse and creepier and more disturbing the Rakdos somehow get like more insane and like crazy chain based kink monsters like (laughs) I'm sorry that's a that's a very funny way of describing it (laughs) there was some stream relatively recently where um I think it was a Chewy stream where it was like Bill and I ended up talking uh, with other people in chat, and it ended up being some sort of discussion about, like, uh, <laughs> what guild someone was in, and then someone brought up, like, kink-shaming. It's like, look, you can't kink-shame the Rakdos. They're, like, that's probably one of their kinks. Probably. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just... Yeah, actually. But yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just afraid it. of... That we're going to end up with a bunch of, like, yeah, there's background story, but it doesn't reflect in the cards, and the cards we're just getting, it's another Ravnica set, which is sweet! Not going to say that's not sweet. I love Ravnica. Ravnica is a beautiful, really well-thought-out plane. I'm just afraid that we're going to get two sets of nothing, and then Nicol Bolas is going to enact his plan and have his plan foiled all in one set. Oh, no, 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 no. Nope, nope, nope. I don't like that. It's like if, if you're gonna give us three, like big, like sets of this or big, it's blocks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They're they're all large sets. Yeah. If you're giving us this big, giant, sprawling iterations of this, build up to the story. Yeah. This don't is... have it be this like. That's, this has that's always just been a, that's that just good storytelling. Yeah, this has always been the weird thing with. 
Like, this is part of why they moved away from three-set blocks, was because they discovered that, okay, well, usually, one, there were mechanical issues, especially with draft and things, but we'll get into that, or we won't get into that, because that's not really our purview. Um, They moved away because it was usually, okay, well, the first set is, like, world-building and setup and everything like that, and then the second set is usually, like, something happens, and then the third set is, it gets resolved. So they realized that that usually ended up leaving the second set being this weird negaspace where it was like, yeah, a thing happened, but how does that thing happening really change all that much? And it didn't. Why is my phone going off? Because I had a backup alarm in case I wasn't awake in time. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate... As As per last week, I appreciate your backup alarm. I had four alarms, apparently, because there were, like... We were texting, I think at like 5.40 something, and then I had... Just after 6 this morning. Okay. And then I had an alarm for like 7.15, 7.30, 7.45, and apparently one for 9, just in case. Yeah, I set one for 7... What did I do? I set my alarm for 7.50 this morning, and Jack... uh, Alex gets up around 5 to get ready for work. Yeah. So I woke up when his alarm went off, dozed until... Probably 5.30, 5.45, and then just ended up getting up at, like, 6. Okay. Um, because Jack wouldn't shut up. <laughs> um, right, so they discovered really that, like, the, the second set usually just didn't have that much to it, so that's why we moved over, like, after the whole Dragons of Tarkir thing, we moved over to the idea of trying to do a two-set block. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stopped doing that mostly because what they decided the actual issue was was small sets. Like, the issue was small sets having to sort of reflect off of another set's mechanics and be compatible with it. Which, cool, mm, sure, that okay. that's fine. I will say that I think in the past couple, that's definitely true. At least, they're especially looking at, like, draft uh, and sealed, like, limited, I mean. Mm-hmm. But I can see that definitely being an issue. But that means that if you tried to do, say, the Amonkhet storyline as one block, I don't think that would work. Like, you would have to have two very, like... I mean, one set. I guess blocks and sets are now functionally the same thing, which, again, deeply confusing. Because, yeah, you've got, like, this... This one has all of the, like, Nicol Bolas stuff happening. This one is the exploring this whole entire new plane. But then we get stuff like Dominaria, where it was actually just amazing, but... Because of that, a lot of the story doesn't show through the cards terribly well. It's a lot of world-building cards. Yeah. Like, we got introduced to all these cool new legends, and a lot of them were implied to be, like, uh, on the weatherlight, which obviously means that the weatherlight is, like, gathering this crew of people. Yes, and then it talks about, like, where are they on the weather? Who are they into the weatherlight? Yeah, like, what they do on the weatherlight. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that yeah, is really I... nice. I'm just... I'm worried that, that that's what I'm worried though is that okay they figured out how to do they're they're starting to figure out how to do these single set storylines how is that going to work when you have us on this plane for three sets mm-hmm. and yeah I'm just I'm worried about it we'll see I think we've talked about this for probably too long but um, that I mean, was mostly my about, fault this is our, uh, we're not going to talk about the story anymore. And this is why we're not talking about this story anymore. I mean, I, th- I think we will still cover it, but we'll do a much more, yeah. like, overarching thing, not, like, covering yes. individual bits. Um, is there anything you want to add about... Crazy. 
Because I um, did you start just before or just after Return to Ravnica? I think I started just after because I had, I think I had core cards from that year. I think it was core cards from that year, and then I had some of the Return to Ravnica cards. Okay. Core is always confusing because they do that model carrier crap. Exactly. So I think I had. <laughs> I was trying to like. I was thinking about. It, I was like, I think I did have just like the tail end of Return to Ravnica, and then. So probably um, some of uh, Gate Crash is the one after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I like Gate Crash better, but um, if well, I remember correctly, um, it was so it was Return to Ravnica, Gate Crash, and then Dragon's Maze. Gate Crash I liked better because it had like the Boros and the Simic, and I can't remember any of the others, but Boros and Simic are my favorite too, so that's good enough for me. Um, yeah, you that not, sounds that sounds about right. Is your Ethernet not plugged in, by the way? Is it doing weird things? It was sort of doing weird things. As soon as I asked, it immediately fixed itself. Oh, okay. Um, it looked like, when I did a speed test, it looked like it was just fine, but it might... Mm, hang on, let me see. How are you connected? I mean, so the issue is less speed and more consistency. Like, that's why... Um, I don't know. Hmm. I think it should be fine. I, I literally asked and it fixed itself, so oh. I I don't know. Of course. Um, of course. So we should probably start what we're actually supposed to be here to talk about, which is M19. Yay, um, the cards! Yeah, we're going to be sort of like running through, I know that pre-release, uh, so this is Monday, so pre-release happened on Friday? Actually, I think it's next week that it's supposed to be happening. Oh, well now I'm very confused. Yeah, the pre-release is July t- 7th and 8th? 7th and 8th. Yeah, so it's this week. I'm extra confused. Oh, I guess the pre pre release happened on Friday. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. When you when we talked about recording last week, it was like a, oh, but the pre release is happening. But I looked it up and I saw, wait, isn't the pre release next week? Yeah, no. So what okay. I was thinking of was the pre pre release, which is the like loading ready run stream. Mm-hmm. But just like this, all the stuff for this set has gone through so quickly that I. It's all run together in my head. But uh, I'm going to assume you want to start off with the cool cat. I'm going to give you crap for that forever now. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's that's fair. Um, So, in white, we have a Johnny, Adversary of Tyrants. Uh, So, for two generic, two white, he starts out with four loyalty counters. Um, This is the legendary planeswalker, a Johnny. Uh, for plus one, put a 1-1 one, one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Minus two, return target creature card with converted mana cost, two or less, from your graveyard to the battlefield. Minus seven, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, create three 1-1 one, one white cat creature tokens with lifelink. Summon my kitty army, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting that they're not, like, cat soldiers. They're just cats. So I guess these literally... Like, he's not summoning Leonins or anything. He's yeah. just like, Kitties! Get them! <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and, sorry, what was the minus oh, two? My... Return target creature card with converted makeup. Oh! So he doesn't yeah. really, like, protect himself? But that seems nice. Yeah. I mean... Four mana, put a plus one, plus one counter on two target creatures that you mm-hmm. control. Yeah, that actually seems kind of workable. Yeah. 
it's not, I don't think any of his abilities are like, holy crap, that's so broken or busted, but they're all like very workable. Yeah, he's very, I I regret, I don't want to say tempo because he doesn't feel tempo-y, but he feels just solid. Yeah, like. Yeah, like he doesn't defend himself, so he'll probably not be played super highly, but Mm -hmm. it's cool. And I'm trying to figure out what for a little bit at least. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what summoning cats has to do with being an adversary of tyrants. I guess cats don't take well to orders. True. I guess. Like, I'm. I guess probably like the the minus two is like recovering small like the the downtrodden because it's anything that costs two or less. Mm-hmm. And I guess the other one is, or the plus is giving bonuses to the downtrodden. I guess, so uh, raise up those who cannot protect themselves, I guess? I I don't know, Ajani's Ajani's always been, like, in my brain, he stands for justice. Yeah, he's always been, especially, like, maybe not flavor-wise, but, like, card-wise, he's always been a... um, He's never really been a healer, but that's not really a thing that we have in magic. He's always been sort of like a give strength to others sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he never attacks directly, except when he's really angry, um, yeah. and when he's literally a Johnny Vengeant. But he usually gives other people, like, plus one, plus one counters, or makes you, or allows you to, like, create dudes that relate to how much health you have. Mm-hmm. Um... Up next, I'm going to throw up the uh, Ajani's Last Stand. We've been trying to think about this, and we're pretty sure this is supposed to be a reference to, especially given like the art here, we're we're pretty sure that this is a reference to when Ajani fought Nicobolus at the Conflux on Alara, mm-hmm. when he was the only person who has ever actually beaten Nicobolus, sort of. Um, yeah. Ajani's Last Stand for two generic and two white. <clears throat> It's a rare enchantment. Whenever a creature or planeswalker you control dies, you may sacrifice a Johnny's last stand. If you do, create a 4-4 avatar creature token with flying. Oh, Whenever... yeah, that totally... That 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 right there, I think that literally... Didn't he create... He kind of yeah, created so... an avatar of Nicol Bolas' soul? Yeah, so the idea was that um, Nicol Bolas was trying to use the conflux that was basically the thing drawing all of Alara back together into one plane to make himself a pre-mending godly planeswalker again. And uh, Ajani siphoned off some of that power and used it to basically, in the whitest version of playing a clone that you can, uh, like drew out an aspect of Nicobolus' soul and made it an avatar so they were of equal strength and made them fight. And the fight lasted long enough that the conflux happened and he didn't get any of the power. Yeah, so like literally that first yeah uh, couple lines that like that I think that cements that down. I think it might also have something to do with um, the thing that set Ajani off on his quest was the death of his brother. Yeah. Um, like his brother was killed and it made Ajani's planeswalker spark ignite. And unlike some planeswalkers who like go kind of far away, he, because Alara was broken, it wasn't like individual planes. It was shards of a similar plane, but you couldn't just travel to them he accidentally like jumped like one shard over to jund and started learning from uh sarkon about planeswalking and i don't remember exactly how he figured out that uh nicol bolus's like scheming was what led to his brother's death but wasn't he also 
blamed for his father's death? I feel like that was something. I don't remember if he was, but I know he felt very, I know he personally felt uh, responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it turned out that it was Bolas. Like, Bolas apparently had, like, agents on every shard who were different, doing different things to either, like, aid the conflux or to, like, sow chaos when the shards reunited. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, right. There's a second half of this card, though, that I didn't read. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I, like, I interrupted with something that oh, I no worries. Uh, whenever a spell or ability an opponent controls uh, causes you to discard this card, if you control a planes, create a 4-4 avatar creature token with flying. That's actually kind of sweet, then. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a ton of random discard, or I get to pick what card I discard, but that's kind of nice. Yeah. Like, discard is always one of those things that, like, it kind of hurts to have it played on you, because you're just going, well, now, now that thing's gone forever. But that, that, that makes it a lot more workable. See, you, is Can someone you... mowing the lawn by you? Yes. Okay. They I, mowed I yesterday, so now they need to mow again today. They're not very okay. good at mowing, if I'm clear. <laughs> like, they, when I say they mowed, I mean that they somehow managed to mow, like, not even straight lines, just, like, sections. So now they're coming back, I assume, with a different person to finish? I don't know. Um, I am okay. going to mute when I'm not talking until these people are done. Sounds um, what card would you like next? I'm thinking that... I, well, okay, where is it? Um, well, we talked about the fact that there's uh, some pretty cool um, mares. Might as well, like, start on that. Oh, that the uh, shield mare? Give me just a second and I'll throw it up. Sounds good. Okay. So it looks like for every, for each color, there's a different mare. Yep, looks like it's a complete cycle. Yes. Um, okay, so the Shield Mare, for one generic and two white, this is a 2-3 horse creature. Shield Mare cannot be blocked by red creatures. When Shield Mare enters the battlefield or becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you gain three life. When it passes, order defeats chaos. Sweet. That's kind of cool. I... Oh, sorry. I was just gonna pipe. I thought you were done. I was gonna pipe in and say how much I hate this uh, mower. Go for it. <laughs> um, sorry. So what were you like, saying? I, I, I can tell when you're muted because it's like, oh wait, I, I hear nothing, and then all of a sudden, I hear the lawnmower. Yeah. Sorry. I'm muting um, on the mic itself because if I don't, then the recording will still also have the the one wonderful lawnmower sounds. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, I just I think this is kind of cool. Um, Nice little bit of a life gain there, and blocking red, or it can't be blocked by red, so that makes it kind of nice. Yeah, I think they all have this, because um, I'm going to throw up a Surge Mare. <clears throat> For two blue, it is a horse fish. That reminds me, what was the second, did, uh... oh, Shield Mare doesn't have a second type. <clears throat> nope. It's oh, just okay. a, uh... It's just a horse. It's just a horse. Yeah, this one's a horse a fish. Horse a horse. <clears throat> this one's a zero five. However, despite being a 0-5, it has Surge Mare can't be blocked by green creatures. You know, because green creatures can't swim. Not well. It's more uh, like a drowning. 
Uh, whenever Surge Mare deals damage to an opponent, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card, and for one generic and a blue, Surge Mare gets plus two, minus two until end of turn. So functionally, I guess you could do that twice to up it to a 4-1? When it passes, waves touch the sky. That's a, I mean, honestly, this one also just has really nice art. I like that. Like, I it, really do. I, this is going to sound meaner than uh, it's supposed to be, because it's not supposed to be mean at all. It looks like someone fundamentally misunderstood what I meant when I said seahorse. <laughs> like, it's just, it's like, it's actually... Like totally what it is! Oh my god, I yeah, love like, it! It's so nice, because it's actually just... It, it's like someone who had had, like, the idea of a seahorse described to them, but not anything about, like, how it should look, so they're like, well, I mean, if it's a horse, it would still have, like, the hooves, and it would still have, like, the head, but we'd probably, like, replace the hair with, like, scales and, like, fins, and then it would just have a big tail instead of, like, the back legs. Yeah, 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 that's how that would work. It's, it looks, uh, it's, um, a hippocampus. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's what you would think of. Uh, seahorse. Yeah, like, it's what you would think of if you were told a seahorse without any connotation for what a seahorse was. Yeah, exactly. I just really like it. I think it's sweet. Um, Do you want to go grab the the plague mare? Oh, no. Yes, plague mare. Plague mare. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry. When I was scrolling through the cards, I saw plague mare, and I'm just like, this looks so cool. I always love me some purple glowy eyes. Can you hear him? Yep. Cool nugget. Okay. Um, seriously, this looks like the cover of a metal album, and I'm just like, it, it delights me so much. <laughs> um, so this is Plague Mare. So for one generic and two black, uh, Plague Mare is a 2-2 Nightmare Horse. Nightmare. Yes, nightmare. Uh, so Plague Mare can't be blocked by white creatures. When Plague Mare ento- enters the battlefield... Creatures your opponents control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. That's really good. I know, right? Yeah. Those who sleep dream of sickness and death. Those are some bad dreams. Can I not have those dreams? Yeah. And think about if, like, the person you're uh, you're playing against has, like, a lovely spread of, well, 1-1 tokens. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's... I know Dominaria was big on 1-1 one, one tokens. Yeah. I'm not seeing a ton of 1-1s one, here, but still, like, anything with, uh, like, one toughness, this just goes, nah. Nope. Yeah. It's probably gonna... Oh, actually, that'll probably hose white pretty effectively. Yeah, this is probably well, gonna be like a... be blocked by white, too. Yeah, I think this is basically just gonna be a solid... Uh, it looks like a lot of them are just solid uh, hate cards for one... Mm-hmm. One color or another. Um, up I next, think my laughing set him off. <laughs> no. Uh, up like, next Mom! is the Lightning Mare. For two red, it is a creature elemental horse. I'm not gonna lie; I keep scrolling past this one because every time I see it, my brain just skips a beat and goes like, "Ball lightning." Yeah, that's a thing. And like, no, it's it's a horse, you goon. Uh, for th- it's a three-one for two and a red. Or sorry, for two red. This spell can't be countered. Lightning Mare can't be blocked by blue creatures. And for one in a red, Lightning Mare gets plus one, plus zero oh until the end of turn. So it's got fire That's breathing. Cool. When it passes, storm clouds bolt across the land. You know what it looks like? Hmm. Uh, if Lucifer was red. If Lucifer? 
creepy horse out by the airport. Oh, him. Yeah, no, that yeah. that is remarkably accurate. Thanks. Now that's hey. in my head. All right, uh, Denver thing, giant creepy Mustang. Okay, if you've ever if you've ever flown into DIA, we have a giant like what is it, three stories tall at least, maybe five. We have a giant painted blue horse statue that you have to go by to. Uh, you have to go by its butt to leave DIA, but you have to go by its front to enter DIA. It also killed its creator, and... It's eight feet high. It's, uh, eight foot high. Oh, no, it's based on an eight foot high. Yeah. It's 32 feet. 32 high. feet. Yeah, okay, so it's a little bit more than, like, three stories. Yeah. It's 9,000 pounds. It crushed its creator to death, and his family refuses to let the city take it down. It also, for some reason, has glowing red eyes that you can see it's at night. It's terrifying. It's awful. <laughs> It's awful, and we can't get rid of it. Um, it's like, I both hate it and love it. Um, so it's it's technically, it, the proper name for it is Blue Mustang, but everyone just calls it Blucifer. I have actually never heard Blucifer. I just remember it as that goddamn horse. I, I just know it as Blucifer, and it's amazing and terrifying. And it's one of those weird, like, place-you-live things. I'm just like, yeah, that's the giant blue horse that stares at us when we try and leave the state, or the city. Yes, and then at night, especially with its glowing red eyes and it's lit from underneath, you're just like, okay. Why? Why? Why were we doing this? Um, yeah, do you want to so grab the final horse? Sure. Okay. Um, scrolling down, scrolling down. It's next to our other weird favorite thing. It's like third from the end in green. There it is. Vine Mare. So Vine Mare is, uh, for two generic and two green, is a 5-3 elemental horse. Nice. Uh, so Vine Mare has hexproof, and it can't be blocked by black creatures. When it passes, the dead are displaced by flourishing life. It does that by, I guess, riding through graveyards? That seems like a bad idea. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks that, like it's just uprooting all of the dead. Yeah, that's just, like, I'm gonna ride through this uh, graveyard, it'll be totally fine. Let's destroy all of your graves. Okay, And well, displace your corpses. Before we jump back up to white so that we can cover other stuff, yeah. um, the thing right next to this is possibly the derpiest art that I've ever <laughs> seen that's still straight-up terrifying. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with Vigilant Battle? <laughs> For three generic and two green, he's a beast. He's a 5-5 five five with vigilance. He's just like a happy Baloth smiling at you with his teeth, except that he's a 5-5 five five and most humans are 1-1s one or 2-2s, two two, so this man can, this thing can swallow you whole. It's just like, hi, I'm going you, to eat you. But you have to read the flavor text, though. Yes, that I do. That is what makes it beautiful. Villagers employ watchdogs as guardians and companions. Druids prefer something a little bigger. My first thought was puppy! I, he looks like a puppy, except he's a puppy who's going to eat everything <laughs> whole in, in, like, single bites. I know, isn't that wonderful? No, it's awful! <laughs> Every part about this sucks! I thought, it, I thought it was pretty great. It, it just it made me giggle when I read I, that flavor text. I just love his stupid face where he's just like, ah, Did you know a Baloth can smile? It looks terrifying! This is literally the creepiest approximation of, oh, hi, guys, spelled H-A-I. Oh, hi, guys. Chomp. Oh, hi, Mark. 
chunk. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going for. <laughs> no, I was thinking of like the internet silliness of like the stupid. Oh god, what was it? It's like that weird. It's not lead speak, but it's like. Eh. But it's not quite like. Okay, you have to admit if. If the Vigilant Bailoff faced off against Tommy Weasel, the Vigilant Bailoff would win. Or we would I get think it might get indigestion, with... but I think it would win. <laughs> but now I have the image of Tommy Weasel riding a Vigilant Bailoff with his weird, creepy face and his hair in the wind, Fabio style. Okay, fine. Let's why. change it then to be Oh Hi Stark, because maybe he'll <laughs> listen to this and get confused. Do you want to come over way back up top and grab this? Uh, we've got a, uh, a legendary person who I don't recognize. Sure. <laughs> uh, back up in white, uh, Lena, L-E-N-A. Yes, there we go. <laughs> well, I slowly try and drag us back on top. Sorry. <laughs> silliness that comes with some of this. We're very good at silly. It's basically our one redeeming skill. <laughs> it's good to be back. Okay, so we have Lena, selfless champion, uh, for four generic and two white. Uh, this uh, Lena is a 3-3 three, three legendary human knight. When Lena, selfless champion, enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token for each non-token creature you control. Sacrifice Lena. Creatures you, creatures you control with powers less than Lena's power gain indestructible until end of turn. Hmm. Those who do evil and those who do nothing are equally worthy of contempt. I like you. I, I got you, girl. I got you. I like her in, like, every aspect, but she seems really expensive. Yeah. Like, I mean... I feel like... I almost feel like if it was too generic and too white... I think that, that might be sense. too inexpensive for what she does, but the fact that it's... <clears throat> I mean, I guess now that Maybe I think about it, it's... three white. I feel like that would be a better... It would still cost five. But yeah, but as soon better. as you add the third white, that becomes so much harder to cast. I think that might be okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's just okay. the idea that... Um, like, I mean, on paper, six for a three-three has to have a pretty decent ability attached. And I guess her first ability is very... <clears throat> I don't want to say incidental, but I guess, like, situational. And in, his, in, his, in a large amount of situations, that basically is just, I have infinite dudes. So I yeah. guess that's actually... I guess that's okay for six, yeah. I mean... And her sacrifice ability is... Though, yeah. That you can create your soldier. No, no, it creates a bunch. No, it creates a... Oh, no. Oh, for each non-token creature yeah. you control. My so, bad. provided you've got a... Basically, provided you've got a solid board state to start with when you play her, <clears throat> it's just get another 1-1 one, one for every dude you've already got. Plus, she'll still she create one okay for herself, commander? too. Hmm? Would she make an okay commander? Uh, that might actually be one of the places where she would be really nice. Like a... I was like, thinking about that. Yeah, like a white, uh, mono-white dude deck, or mono-white, uh, even, like, she might be pretty solid in Brawl, honestly. Yeah. Because you, you've created this army, now you just need someone to lead this army. I mean, kind of... I think what she'd end up doing more in a Commander deck or a Brawl deck would basically be, I've got a whole bunch of dudes, I need to get more dudes, so you play her, and then you just kind of have her sit there until you need to sacrifice her to get the 
give all of my tiny dudes indestructible mm -hmm. so that you can either block a massive wave or so that you can attack without losing anyone. Yeah, so the, like as a commander, she would make an excellent commander. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But... She, she just, just feels... That. I can strategize. Yeah, I think what? she feels a bit expensive for, like, not a yeah. casual format, but, I mean, we've been proven wrong many, many times before, mm -hmm. so we'll see. <laughs> I'm just like, I just strategize something. That, that does not happen often. But yeah, I think she would be a pretty decent commander. Yeah. I am still desperately waiting for Brawl to officially make it into MTG mm -hmm. Arena. They're currently yes. testing Singleton, but... As with many things in Brawl, they're doing it in a really stupid way because it's not just, hey, come play Singleton. It's, hey, we're doing, like, sort of Singleton tournaments, so you either have to spend in-game currency or gems to play it and test it. It's like, that's... That's not how a beta is supposed to work. You're not supposed to be asking for money to test a product. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. You're not supposed to be asking for money to test a product that you just introduced that needs testing. Mm -hmm. Like... If you're not going to just say, hey, pay X to get into the beta, then it's just, nah, okay. Sorry, I have opinions on MTG Arena. If you go on Twitter, I've run into some astonishing MTG Arena bugs. They are very weird and make very little sense. Like, I think every one of my MTG Arena tweets is a bizarre-ass bug that I have run into. I want to, like, I just want to draw your attention to a card. It's, mm -hmm. it's a very silly thing. So scroll down to Star Crown Staggots next to Shield Mare. Why did I expect this? Uh, I, I don't even know what it like does, just looking at the art. I was just like, I, I for some reason expect one of us wants to talk about this. It looks like either a Bob Ross painting or a Christmas card. Like, it's could by... you imagine that on a Christmas card? I'm trying to see, is he on two Ds or just one? Uh, um, 1D. Star-crowned... No, 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 the, um, the artist's name. Oh, uh, it's Jonathan... It's Kudo. Jonathan Kidd, but I can't tell if it's... Uh, is it Kidd or Kuo? It's, I think it's Kuo, dude. Oh. K-U-O. Uh... K... Wait, K-U-O? Yeah, I'm pretty sure... Uh, we don't have this in Gather, do we? Um, maybe? Uh, that would make an amount of sense. But anyways, <laughs> the, art on, the art on this I really like. <laughs> it's kind of cool. You may have uh, just found me one of my new favorite artists. Um, oh, hey, look at that. Well, um, let me talk, well I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the card real quick, and then we'll go kay. back to the art for that, because um, that would be important. Uh, so Star Crown Stag, uh, for three generic and one white, is a 3-3. Three, three. So whenever Star Crowned Stag attacks, tap target creature defending player controls. White as starlight on snow. It appears only on the eve of the winter solstice. It's the Christmas reindeer! Yay! <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it, it looks like something that you'd find on a non-denominational holiday card that you send out. Or like paintings of the white stag of, a, of Arthurian lore. <laughs> so like seriously, that this... would be like the white stag that... Um, oh no, I totally agree. That's just... I, I don't know why I wasn't expecting... 
that's sort of like comparison drawn. Yeah, it's like it, the power of that is like, yeah, that is like pretty darn fantastic. Okay. And I have a card. It's not a. It's really. Not oh a no! Card. Yeah, this is actually like pretty sweet. Three, three for four, and. Uh, and pseudo removal. Yeah. That's pretty good. I yeah. Think that's like. I guess, like, it's not removal, it's more like pseudo-evasion, but yeah, that's yeah. still awesome. Um, so... Plus it's, like, super sweet looking. <laughs> so I've got two things real quick. One, um, so if, uh, Jonathan Kuo, I guess we're, we think it's pronounced, sounds vaguely familiar, it's because he did a bunch of the dinosaurs from Ixalan. Oh, my, okay. So and he did the art for, um... Some dinosaurs. Yeah, so he did the art for uh, Commune with Dinosaurs. He did... I think this is... Oh, hang on. I have to actually... I can see the art, but I can't remember what the n- name is in my head, so I have to go check on Gatherer. But he did a bunch of the dinosaurs. So he did uh, Kavu Climber in Masters 25. No. Is this Masters? Yeah, Masters 25. He did Nest Robber. He did one of the banned ones, Rampaging Ferocidon. Uh, Regisaur Alpha, Stampeding Horncrest, Territorial Allosaurus from Dominaria, and Thrash of Raptors. So basically, he does theropods real well. And I guess, technically, raptors aren't theropods, but their body structure is relatively similar. Um, okay, so essentially, he... Some of the, like, cards that you love. Oh, yeah. And his, like, personal work? Lots of dinosaurs. Awesome. <laughs> Looks really sweet. Sorry, the other thing, before I forget, was that, uh, um, I think a bunch of people are gonna hate me when we get close to Christmas, because I may or may not be setting up an entire holiday-themed overlay for the streams. Okay, those of you who are listening, you might not know, Steven loves holiday stuff. I do. Loves. Like, when we were working together in the bake shop, you would turn on Christmas music in November, no, I did not turn it on in November. I waited until we got back from Thanksgiving break, which for us was like the first day of December. <laughs> <laughs> and, and mind you, I don't ce- I, I kind of celebrate Christmas. I'm you celebrate actually, Christmas when other people make you celebrate Christmas. Yes, it's, it's not through like any, any like, grr, I'm a Christmas grinch. It's just, I didn't grow up celebrating it. So like... For me, Christmas music is appropriate to start in December, not like, the f- if it doesn't start the 1st of December, my heart doesn't break. Miriam, <sighs> we live in the United States. It starts as soon as Halloween ends in some places, sometimes before. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. But yeah, no, uh, I, I just really like all holidays, but specifically, yeah. I love Christmas. It's, it's, it is a pretty holiday, I will say that. And and there there will assuredly be some things going on on. Uh, I think I even have overlay stuff for this. Like for anyone who's watching the video version of this, we have like camera boxes around us. I believe I have uh, Christmas camera boxes set up as well. <laughs> oh my god! I'll be honest. If I could figure out like regular holiday ones, I probably would. But okay. Christmas is the big important one. Okay, can I, can I ask that you put an obnoxious Hanukkah one up for mine? Yes. With, like, dreidels and, and stars? I will do what I can. The thing is that I'm going with, like, a pre-made one. So oh, okay. I, I have one, like, 
I have one for Christmas, so I'll basically have to try and make one for you, which okay. my Photoshop skills will hopefully be less bad by the time that comes around. That's 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 a while away, and Hanukkah yeah. starts early this year. So. Oh, that okay. Then you'll have to definitely give me some warning. Um, I, for some reason, assumed that they were going to, like, layer on top of each other again, so... No, that only happens every couple of years. Okay, then then I will actually just make the entire stream Hanukkah stuff. Or not uh, stream, like, the podcast. Oh, thank you. Okay, is there anything else we want to talk about in white? Uh, not particularly. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of repeat cards that I've I've actually played before. Okay. um, I'm going to... have fond memories of. I'm going to grab one real quick, just because um, I don't actually care at all about the card, but Valiant Knight, um, I like it because I don't know how many people really remember Alara anymore, because it's been a while. Um, this is from the Bant part of Alara, now that they've all sort of, like, reunited, and Bant was big on, like, knights and service and everything. They were green, white, and blue. They don't have horses, though. They have these things called Leotau. So all of the knights ride what are essentially just a lion with massive Clydesdale-sized horse hooves. <laughs> That's awesome. Like you can't you can't really see, but I can tell from the like designs that this is supposed to be Bant, which means that's a Leotau, not like a lion. So just just off screen are like massive Clydesdale hooves on on this lion that's just like boom boom boom. Yeah, I, I really like the Leotau. They're just an interesting... I It's one of those weird, like, pseudo-chimera things. It's just like, nah, it's cool. Like, I don't care without, if it doesn't make like, that much sense. Like, what? Except but without, like, the bloodthirst of chimeras? I mean... I don't think chimeras are usually all bloodthirsty, but then again, they've also they're, been, they're, like... I mean, they're, they're fire-breathing uh, lion goats. I, I think I was going more for the, like... Oh, it is a it is a combination of two creatures that aren't necessarily supposed to be combined. See, my brain went chimera, Greek mythology. I don't know why I'm on a Greek mythology kick right now. I okay. don't know. I'm gonna mute for just a second. Okay. Um. So I think we're all done with white, heading into blue. Um, okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. Okay. I was just introducing that we're in blue now. Yes, we are. Crazy. I don't. Um, it feels like a lot of the blue things are reprints or cards that. They're blue and we're bad and don't like blue. Honestly, neither of us really plays blue that often. Yeah, like, I play um, blue as a tertiary or secondary color at the best of times, but that's about it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I play blue in conjunction with other stuff because it makes card drop happen. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about... Well, I mean, okay, so I have a couple of cards that I could talk about. I mean... I think yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm grabbing some at random, too. So, sorry, which yeah. one? Uh, Tezzeret is the Planeswalker for blue. Okay. Um, so we've got Tezzeret, Artifice Master, uh, for three generic and two blue. Uh, he comes in with five loyalty counters. So at plus one, uh, oh, sorry, with plus one, uh, create a one-one colorless Thopter Artifact Creature token with flying. Zero, draw a card. If you control three or more artifacts, draw two cards instead. Minus nine, you get an emblem with. At the beginning of your end step, search your library for a permanent card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, obviously, artifact deck. 
Yeah, I mean, the fact that he creates dudes is very helpful, especially dudes with evasion. Mm -hmm. And the, I mean, zero-cost card draw, that does seem pretty solid. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, don't, I don't think you're going to get down to that minus nine. Yeah, no. I think this is basically one of those things where it's just like, no, he's actually just a really good, like, every turn you decide, do I need to draw a card, or do I just need another, or given that you're probably playing an artifact deck, do I need to draw three cards, or do mm-hmm. I just want more aerial dudes? Like, like yeah. I don't think he needs to even use his emblem. Like, his emblem is win more, but... Honestly, everything else about him is just like, yeah, no, this is just a solid card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this one is really good. Like, that's always yeah. the weird thing about um, Planeswalkers, is that them being solid and not janky is code for, yeah, no, this is actually pretty damn good. Yeah, like, um, honestly, I could see Tezzeret, so Tezzeret could do, honestly, even just like a kind of a casual standard artifact deck would work beautifully. We're just missing, oh no, what's the card? In Soul Artifact? <laughs> There's a very dumb card that really should not have been good in the last core set called In Soul Artifact that I think for like one in a blue turned any artifact into like a 5-5 five, five or something. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being one of the cards that helped uh, someone win a Pro Tour, or maybe... Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was a Pro Tour. Um, It was weird. It was very weird. Like, it was a card that Loading Ready Run got to spoil, and Loading Ready Run gets to spoil all of the weird, janky cards, usually. (laughs) Like... It's kind of a cool thing that they get to do it. I mean, the card that they got to spoil for, um... Uh, what's it called? Unstable was... Totally normal armchair, whatever it's called. Oh my god, I remember that card. We, yeah. You have, you have several of them. Yes, because they're so dumb. It's a thing that you need to secretly sneak onto the battlefield and then reveal, and you can use it to destroy something. But you have, but if anyone ever sees it, they can call it out and make you, like, bounce it back to your hand. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna throw up, then, uh, one with the machine. Because Tezzeret, for one generic and a... Or, sorry, three generic. Three generic and a blue. Draw cards equal to the highest converted mana cost among artifacts you control. Looks like blue is definitely going to be trying to do, like, an artifact-heavy thing. Oh, definitely. When I grafted the planar bridge into myself, I felt my Planeswalker Spark flare beyond my body. The multiverse was my plaything. It felt... Incredible. You probably shouldn't have grafted into your body, Goober, but yeah, this is where we are. (laughs) You're crazy. You've got Nicobolas living inside your head. Nothing good is going to come of this. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, Um, Do you want to grab either Patient Building or Psy Master Thopterist? Literally, those are both the cards that I was thinking. I was like, okay, we should definitely cover both those cards. Yeah. Um, Which one would you like? I'll do Patient Rebuilding, and then you can do Psy Master Thopterist. Okay. Um, there's actually a couple more cards in blue. Okay. Or no, one or two more cards in blue, and I think I'm, I've, I've had my fill of blue. Okay, um, sounds good. So, Patient Rebuilding is uh, an enchantment, so for three generic and two blue. At the beginning of your upkeep, a target opponent puts the top three cards of their library into their graveyard. Then you draw a card for each land card put into the graveyard this way. Nicol Bolas would not rest until he was restored to his former glory. 
Okay, dude, just calm down. So it's... Uh, so let's see. So it's like a... Five for a mill enchantment with occasional upside seems a bit heavy. It's a little heavy, and I mean, you might not even... You might not actually even get any... Yeah, that's why I said the occasional upside, because just... Uh, I mean... Because imagine, like, if someone had, like, enchantment, enchantment creature, instead of, like, they put a land card. Yeah. it's only three cards, so there's, like, there's not... And it's not affected by anything else that you're using to mill, so yeah. This does not seem great. Like, hell, Millstone is uh, in the artifacts. That's a better mill card than this. Mm -hmm. Like, this card does not feel like it's like most effective. I guess the fact that it doesn't have a recurring cost, but uh, yeah, no. It just seems it seems a little expensive for what it can do without any like. I think it like it's a do it's a do nothing enchantment. I think yeah. it's a lot expensive for doing nothing the second it comes down. Like you have to wait an entire turn for it to do anything. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think that's worth it. Mm-mm. But I guess that's Nicol Bolas's jam. Whatever. Like honestly, the enchantment <clears throat> to it, psychic corrosion is more effective. Okay. Do you want to cover that real quick, then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So for True Generic and a Blue, uh, it's an enchantment. Whenever you draw a card, each opponent puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Yeah, that's a way better mill card. (laughs) For so much cheaper. It's only three, and that's a definite, like, unless somebody can get rid of it, anytime you draw a card, so during your turn, let's say you can draw cards, or you play something where you can draw more cards. Yeah. Like, that's that's not just... Yeah, once a turn on my turn, you mill. It's guaranteed every one of my turns you're milling to. Also, any time that I play draw spells, because I'm in blue and of course I'm playing draw spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh... Uh, let me just throw out that flavor text real quick. Yep. Um, oh, it's our favorite milk toast! To break another's mind is to deliver a fate worse than death. It is a terrifying power. Good self-awareness, Jace. Good self-awareness. <laughs> sure it is. Uh, I'm sorry. I I'm always we're always just sassy about him. Um. So do you want to take? Psy I'm trying. Hat? It just doesn't want to let me. Uh, okay. Hang on. Well, it I just actually can't get his uh, image to pop up. Because it keeps just pulling up psychic corrosion. Oh no. Hang on. Is mm-hmm. the thing not loading? There, open a new tab. Th- okay, yeah, that is not psychic corrosion, but there we go. Uh, Sai, Master Thopterist. Um, he is a 1-4 for 2 and a blue. Legendary creature, human, artificer. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 colorless Thopter creature token with flying. Pay 1 and a blue, sacrifice 2 artifacts, draw a card. Industry without artistry is just a fancy way to fill the junkyard. Okay. Not bad. No. Um, a good... I feel like a good usable... Yeah. Dude. Um, anything else you wanted to cover in blue? Uh, Snapping Drake, because I think it's a beautiful-looking card. Okay. Yeah, this is a... Uh, oh, this has been around for a while. I'm actually going to pull this up on Gather while you talk about it. Okay. So, 
uh, this card, so Snapping Drake, uh, for three generic and a blue is a 3-2 Drake uh, with flying. Uh, Foul-tempered, poorly trained, and mule-stubborn, the Drake is the perfect test of the Master as well. I just thought it was a really pretty card, and not in like a, oh, unicorns and rainbows, but in like a, I really love the iridescence of the wings and just the, the um, way that, okay, so the artist is Todd Lockwood. Uh, did the plates like the chest plates like that this is uh apparent and so it's a it's a very old card but apparently this art uh has only been around for a little while because this card has only been reprinted in recent memory in uh m10 and it was like that's the only other time this art has been used mm-hmm. it's just it's really beautiful art honestly like the the way the wings are drawn and the like chest plates just it really drew my eye yeah. Because remember, we love the cards not just for the awesome playability of some of them, but for the artwork. Honestly, usually mostly for the artwork. <laughs> mostly for the artwork. <laughs> Who are we kidding? Um, there's one here that I'm going to... Now that we're moving into black that I'm just going to put up real quickly, mostly for the flavor text, because it's a very silly card. Fog Stomper! <laughs> for four generic and two black, it's a 6-5 beast. It, it's completely vanilla. Uh, they're very gentle. Uh, they're very gentle herbivores, despite their size. Approach cautiously and hum a tune to let them know you mean no harm. Because Vivian Reed is basically just Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Yeah. Um. um actually, next to it, Bone Dragon. Yeah, I was about to put that one up too. Oh, good, good. Uh, just, do you want to read that one? I would love to do Bone Dragon. Um, okay. So for three generic and two black, this is a five-four. Dragon Skeleton with flying. Uh, so for three generic and two black, exile seven other cards from your graveyard. Return Bone Dragon from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Its roar is the clatter of a thousand bones. That is some sweet, sweet artwork. Yep. That is so pretty. Um, up next, for more... I'm going to say probably story reasons, also because screw omnipotence. Fraying fraying omnipotence. For uh, three generic and two black, it's a rare sorcery. Each player loses half their life, then discards half the cards in their hand, then sacrifices half the creatures they control, round up each time. The great mending has healed the multiverse, but also unraveled the threads of Nicol Bolas' power. That is mean. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it's not actually him doing anything. It's just this is him losing his, basically being a god that old planeswalkers used to have. Oh, that is mean, though. <laughs> like that. Oh god. I love the round that, up. <laughs> like, oh, half their life, half their cards, half their creatures. Yep. Oh, that is so mean. Um, so do you want to take Liliana? Uh, are you, that's not, or are you talking, okay, I'll do Liliana and then do you want to do Isara? Uh, yeah, it was my plan. Perfect. Um, I just thought you would enjoy Liliana more. I do, and like the, the, okay, so Liliana, untouched by death. So for two generic and two black, uh, she comes in with four loyalty uh, for plus one, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. If at least one of them is a zombie card, each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Sweet. 
uh, minus two. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of zombies you control. Minus three. You may cast zombie cards from your graveyard this turn. Standard Liliana, hmm. I feel like. I mean, the it's weird that the last ability is not a limit break, because she can play it turn one. Yeah. And I guess it makes her plus one better? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't punish you for putting them in there, so I guess, I guess that works. Yeah. But you have to be, like, heavy into zombie tribal, and I don't think you can do that with just M19. You'd probably have to pull in a lot of stuff from other sets, but in standard, I think that might work just fine. I'm only... One, two... Actually, yeah, in standard, that should work totally fine. I'm scrolling down through black just to kind of see. I, I really don't think you can do it with just M- M19, but remember that, that there's, like, yeah. Ixalan still in. Um, actually, is it just Ix? Yeah, it's just, like, Ixalan and um, uh, the other one. Dominaria. And Dominaria's got a ton of zombies, like, the zombies that are in Dominaria, plus, like... Actually, Phylactery Lich is probably not that great, but, like, um... Uh, what's it called? Death Baron? I think you could... And Graveyard Marshal? I think you could probably make a halfway decent zombie deck. It looks like there's only about... Let's see, seven, eight... Eight actual zombie creature cards, and then it looks like... Um... Where is it? There's a... Rise from the Grave. Um, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. But that won't really do anything with Liliana except trigger no. the minus two. Yeah. yeah. So there's really only, just from this set, there's really I mean, eight zombie creature type cards. But that's more than you would need even for limited. Because, yeah. I mean, ideally in limited you want to have about 17. Most of the zombies are, hang on, stop it, are common or uncommon. Mm-hmm. So I I think this is totally fine. It's just there aren't great zombies in this set. You have a bunch of like zombie um like buffers. Like Death Baron is amazing. Mm-hmm. And just Death Baron plus any other zombie is destructive. Um for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Death Baron is one of the like he's not a classic lord. He doesn't do that weird crap where he buffs both sides, but uh, he is a zombie wizard, he's a 2-2 two, two for 3, and skeletons and other zombies you control get plus 1, plus 1, and death touch. Mm-hmm. So, he's quite good. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, Isareth the Awakener, who has a vulture on her head slash shoulder. And for... is, like, she's, I'm seeing some major deep, I think she would give... Liliana a run for money as, like, diva. Uh, it's probably your goal. Uh, for one generic and two black, she is a 3-3 legendary creature human wizard with death touch. When Isareth the Awakener attacks, you may pay X. When you do, return target creature card with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield with a corpse counter on it. If that creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I... I wonder what the corpse counter does? Because hmm. it doesn't... Um, Miriam. 
Can you lean back a little bit? You're in front of your mic, so we're not picking you up oh. quite as well. Because <laughs> um, it doesn't actually have anything attached to what the corpse counter does. Hmm. I guess maybe it's just a way to track it so that there's like an obvious visual thing of like, hey, put a counter on this so you know um, that if it leaves the battlefield, it doesn't go to the graveyard. I'm, I'm like looking to see if there's anything else with that mentions. I corpse don't think so. It don't... feels like it's something that's supposed to be paid with something else, but I don't. I usually they would call that out very specifically. I'm I'm willing to bet this is just like the same as the brick counters from Alonket, where it's just like it's a visual mm-hmm. indicator of this thing is changed, and you need to remember okay. that. Because normally, if they're if they were going to do something like that, they would include more than one card that plays off of it, because that would be... I guess it's just like, this card is a corpse. Yeah. Yeah, just like a way of going, like, remember, remember, if this dies, it doesn't go to the graveyard, you can't get it back, idiot. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to take the silly, silly art? Macabre Waltz? Uh, no. No, I mean, we that's that's a reprint. We've seen that art a couple of times, honestly. Uh, then what is, which silly, silly art are you talking about? Uh, Stitcher's Supplier. Yes, 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 yes. There you <laughs> I go. I thought you like, would get oh. a kick out of that one. I personally, I always, I thought uh, the stitchers are amazing. Was funny, but the, yeah. I oh, wish yeah. we could have played that campaign where I was Stitcher Granny somewhere. Because <laughs> I feel like that would have ended once. I could have figured out how to make that character work. I feel like she would have been fun. <laughs> um, uh, so Stitcher's Supplier. For one black, this is a 1 1 zombie creature. Uh, when Stitcher's Supplier enters the battlefield or dies, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. No part goes to waste. Uh, I just yeah, don't... I, I don't know why I keep thinking of, like, Ina Garten, Martha Stewart type references. That's terrifying. I was just <laughs> thinking that the, like, the art looks sweet and kind of cool. Oh, no, it is. But, like, for some reason, I'm getting, like, some Ina Garten, Martha Stewart-type cooking show. Like, I, Yeah, I know. That's terrifying. Okay, <laughs> then I'm going to move right along from that over to uh, Red, because we're going to jump right on to Apex of Power, which, for seven and three red, so mythic rare sorcery, exile the top seven cards of your library until next turn... Until the until end of turn. Until end of turn, you may cast non-land spells exiled this way. If this uh, spell was cast from your hand, add ten mana of any one color. <laughs> As I desire it, so shall it be, Nickel nice. Bolas. Yeah. Nice. Um. Are there? I know that there were some like dra- Oh, there's a bunch of dragons, right? That's what yeah. we're gonna cover. It, it's red. There's gonna be lots of dragons here. Yeah. So do you uh, want to cover uh, demanding? Yeah, I was gonna say since this is the card that is our background right now. It correct? is. I mean, we're covering okay. up the head, but yeah. Uh, so demanding dragon for three generic and two red. This is a dragon, a five-five dragon uh, with flying. When demanding dragon enters the battlefield, it deals five damage to target opponent. Unless that player sacrifices a creature, <sighs> a knight's devotion to their steed only goes so far. Give Aww. me a goat or I punch you in the face. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> it's like, bye horsey, 
You were a good steed. <laughs> Be eaten by the dragon. You're my bait. That's I, I, I'm sorry, but I don't think I'm going to be able to unsay or unhear, give me a goat or I punch you in the face, though. <laughs> um, another dragon who's up next, we've got uh, Lathless, Dragon Queen. For four nice. generic and two red, she is a legendary creature dragon. She's a 6-6 with flying. Whenever another non-token dragon enters the battlefield under your control, create a 5-5 red dragon creature token with flying. <laughs> also, she has, I guess, dragon fire breathing? For one generic and a red, dragons you control get plus one, plus oh until end of turn. Oh, that is beautiful. So she just has, like, every dragon gets fire-breathing now. Suck it! <laughs> and I, I just love that, like, that... Oh, my god. Like, she would be amazing for, like, a mono-red dragon deck. Or just, screw it, just go, like, Ur-Dragon anything. Like, Ur-Dragon commander deck. Agreed. Yeah. Um, um, do you want to grab Sarkon, and I'll cover the weird common thing that has I was, bizarre stuff. <laughs> I was hoping you would, because that one that yeah. one causes a bit of discussion in the uh, It does, room. but only, like, etymology-wise. Yeah, because we're nerds. Um, so, Sarkhan Fireblood. For one generic and two red, uh, Sarkhan is a legendary planeswalker. He comes with three. So, plus one, you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. Plus one. Add two mana in any combination of colors. Spend this mana only to only to cast dragon spells. Minus seven. Create four five five dragon creature tokens with flying. Wow. Yup. I think this is actually going to be pretty sweet. Okay. I also like that he's got no minus. No. Well, he like, he's, he's got the big minus, but he doesn't have, yeah. like, normally there's, like, the, the plus the and then a minus and then a, a big minus, but he's only got the big one. Okay. All the Planeswalkers in this set are really playable. Yeah, they all seem, like, none of them seem, like, insane or broken or even, like, particularly powerful. They just all seem really nice and solid, which for a core set Planeswalker, I think, is the best that we can hope for. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, I had to sneeze, so I had to Oh, no worries. Off. Um, I figure you would prefer that. I did not even play. realize that you were sneezing, so yeah. But okay. yeah, that that's that's just cool. That is a very okay, but yeah, all of them solid planeswalkers. None of them are like eh, meh. Mm. All of them are pretty solid. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's got mono red card draw, which is weird and hard to get. Yes, you have yeah. to discard beforehand, but I it's fine. That's honestly fine to get access to more cards. Um, and, and then, then for also a plus one, you can, it's, they're both yeah. plus one. Just, and yeah, like, they ramp out dragon dragons? Sure. Yeah. I'm fine with this, yeah. That's great. That is fantastic. Um, well, jumping quickly over to the random common that we were talking about. Uh, this is, we've, we think we've decided that it's supposed to be Onak. It might be Onake, but we're not 100% sure. Ogre, uh, for two and a red, it's a four-two. Ogres, you know, are nothing like the Onake. Possessing both intellect and industry, they have brute strength without being brutish. Um, this may seem really random and kind of dumb, but this is actually a an ogre from the plane where Liliana stole the chain veil 
In fact, the chain veil, we believe, was actually made by these guys because she stole it in a, uh, like, one of their tombs. Mm -hmm. And this is the first we've really ever seen of them outside of the comic where that happened. So, I mean, I think there was a, uh, there have been a couple of cards that referenced it, but no, like, cards that were from the plane. I think we saw, like, a zombie ogre from the plane at one point, maybe. But... This is interesting. Maybe eventually heading there, since there's the whole Liliana's contract is being held by Bolus now thing. Yep. Let's we'll see. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What other cards to talk about? I mean, there's some pretty sweet dragons in here. I gotta say. Yeah. I, most um, of them are reprints. Um. Do you yeah. want to cover the the one that we think is new? Uh, Sparktum Dragon. Yep. Yep. Okay. I was like. I that was one we talked about. Yeah, I think um, that is the only other new dragon. Mm-hmm. So, Spark Tongue Dragon. Uh, for three generic and two red is a 3-3 three, three dragon creature. When Spark Tongue Dragon enters the battlefield, you may pay two generic and a red. When you do, it deals three damage to any target. Fools believe that Quilagon's brute follows lightning storms. The wise know that it is the other way of and again, like the art on this is lovely and sweet. Yeah. Um, also, the feathery, feathered wings. Yeah, they've got uh, the the Colagon Brood had like they always did um, dual sets of wings with sort of like feathery yeah. aspects to them. It's be- it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, a really beautiful card. Moving down to green, uh, do you want to do me a favor and grab one? I think you'll just do the uh, flavor text a little bit better justice than I will. Um, Bristling Boar. It's like the second green card. Ah, there we go. Uh, so Bristling Boar. For three generic and a green, it is a 4-3 boar. Bristling Boar can, can't can be blocked by more than one creature. Nicol Bolas destroyed my world. I owe it to Scala to celebrate all life, no matter how dangerous. Vivian Reed. So apparently her world's dead, which I did not yeah. realize. Poor thing. Yeah, that's kind of shitty. Um, Bolus, you dick. Speaki- speaking of Vivian, uh, this is my favorite card from the set. For five green, this is Gigantosaurus. It's a dinosaur. It's a 10-10 for five. <laughs> Each tooth is the length of a horse, and new ones grow every 16 days. Let's get a closer look. I think it's eating a snapping drake. <laughs> uh, I would like to point out, look at the artist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's one more dinosaur in the set. I need to check now and see if he did that. He did not. Okay. So yeah, it's just like he's their default guy for theropods now. That's awesome. He does beautiful dragon, uh, not dragon, dinosaur illustrations. <laughs> um, we should probably try um, and like motor oh through here. Because, the Gigantosaurus uh, is eating a dragon. I think it's eating the snapping drake. Oh my god. <laughs> um, do you want to take the giant bear? Yes, yes, I will take the giant bear. Okay, this to, is... to, just to quickly clarify, we know that there's story behind him and I can't remember what it is. Like, he's from Tarkir. It's okay, it'll be okay. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll find out later because we can't remember. Yeah, so this is Goraclaw, Terror, terror of... Calcisma. Cal- Calcisma. Thank you. 
Uh, this is a 4-3 legendary creature. Bear. Creature spells you cast with power 4 or greater cost 2 generic less to cast. Whenever Goreclaw, Terror of Cal Sisma, attacks, each creature you control with power 4 or greater gets plus 1 plus 1 and gains trample until end of turn. You don't want to know how she got that. It's a girl! Mm-hmm. How she got that name? Yes. Um, yes. I'm- I'm trying She's to remember really the exact. Fair. I'm trying to remember it. the exact line, but um, She's the a ruin. the dude who did uh, who was known as like for punching bears in Fate Reforged. <laughs> um, like I think he. I think the story is that he's wearing this bear's pelt. Um, but I'm just remembering. There's like a Friday Night's line where someone's trying to decide like which of the new people from Fate Reforged to use as a commander. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's talking to that person, and he's just like, I think it's Surak. It's just like, Surak punch all bears. It's like, well, that, that means you cover two twos. What about four fours? Ah, yes, double bear. Surak punch those as well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, That's all I can think of when I see that this one has four tough or four power. Yes. Uh, let's see. Reprints, reprints, reprints. Do you want to take our lovely Steve Irwin... Um, I can. I'm gonna run through a couple real quick just to say, um, Hungering Hydra looks, like, sweet, uh, uh, art-wise. I haven't actually read it, but it's a Hydra. They generally do something similar. It's cool. Um, oh god, what monster reprinted Scapeshift? Why have you done this? Why is it in standard? (laughs) Oh god, oh god, oh god, why? Um. Such great art. Um. Runic Armasaur is sweet. And yes, we'll do Vivian Reed. Okay. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to run through those as quick as possible. I don't think we need to do her invocation, though. No. So, Vivian Reed, for three generic and two green. She is a legendary planeswalker, Vivian. She comes in with five loyalty and gets, uh, as her first ability, plus one loyalty. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest under the bottom of your library in a random order. Then, minus three, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. (laughs) That's pretty solid. That is awesome. And minus eight, you get an emblem with creatures you control, get plus two, plus two, and have vigilance, trample, and and indestructible. That is... That's basically just overrun, but with bonus. I don't... (laughs) I, I think you'll have to really work to get that one, but... Yeah. I feel yeah. like she might be the most unwieldy to get to her, like, final. I don't know. She starts the closest of most of them. Yeah. And her plus one is solid. Admittedly, you'll probably have to u- use her minus to, like, clear the board a bit. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she can just destroy artifacts, enchantments, and uh, flying creatures seems pretty solid. Yeah. Um, so as we head down into uh, Multicolored... I believe the biggest things we really need to talk about are the Elder Dragon Legends. Yes. Um, I'm going to look through uh, artifacts really quickly, but I think we're basically not going to be touching them. Because, I mean, while a lot of them look intriguing as all hell, we've been going for like two hours now. Yeah. um, Counting the (laughs) pre-show. Once we're back, we're back. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Um. There's a diamond horsey. Yeah, once again, as with the escape shift, what monster printed Crucible of Worlds in standard? What's wrong with you, dear God? 
What have you unleashed? Okay, moving on. Uh, do you want to take the first Elder Dragon? Sure. Uh, this is Arcades, the strategist. Uh, for a generic, a, one green, one white, and one blue, the, uh, Arcades is a 3-5 that has flying and vigilance. Whenever a creature with Defender enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Each creature you control with Defender assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power and can attack as though it didn't have Defender. Huh. Okay. Um, I like bad Defender decks. But most Defender decks kind of need red to work because you need Vent Sentinel. Yeah. So I don't know if this is actually good. Like, I will fully admit that generally Defender decks are bad and stupid and not good plans. But it, I don't think it works without red. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think this has too many of the, like, not great Defender colors, which makes me very sad. Um, do you have any strong opinions on Defender not decks? Really. I, I've not really played with or against Defender decks, so okay. I don't have an opinion. They really were only a thing... Like, the last time they were a thing was maybe the first Zendikar. Oh yeah, that then yeah, I wouldn't I don't think I would have really played with them. Okay. Yeah. They're they're strange, but the basic idea is that um most of them usually want you to have a whole bunch of defenders because oh. you've got like uh I've forgotten the name. There's one that taps for a green for every defender you control and another one called Vent Sentinel that deals one damage for every defender you control um by tapping it and Like, it can get out of control pretty quickly, but you need to have a lot of defenders. But you really need red to be dealing damage. I guess with Arcades, you could be attacking, but that doesn't seem like a thing you want to do with defenders. Yeah. Because, I mean, yes, you get to deal damage with their toughness, but they don't have vigilance usually, so that's not going to help. You'll just end up with, now I've attacked, and now I can't block. Oops. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, Then we've... Up next, got the Esper Dragon, Chromium the Mutable, who apparently can turn into a human. I, there was something on Twitter about apparently her turning into a human. Um, yeah. For four generic and a white, blue, black, legendary creature, Elder Dragon, 7-7. Seven, seven. So way more expensive than Arcades, but also much larger. Has Flash, can't be countered has flying, and discard a card until the end of turn, Chromium the Mutable becomes a human with base power and toughness 1-1, loses all abilities and gains hexproof. It can't block this turn. It can't be blocked this turn. Oh, can't be blocked this turn. It's a little different. Very, very different. That's just like, (laughs) huh. That's a weird ability to get. Can't be blocked. Oh, it's way better. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like they wouldn't put something that wimpy on a card like this. Yeah, it still seems weird. It's like, yeah, I can get in for one no matter what. It was like, great? You're a 7-7 flying dragon. Why? Why would you want to turn into a a little piddly human? I feel like that one is a little bit more of like, give itself, is the important thing is giving itself hexproof so it can't be targeted. But that's just weird. Um, okay, next legendary dragon. Uh, Nicol Bolas himself. This is Nicol Bolas the Ravager. Because he transforms. Yeah, so this, uh, so Nicol Bolas for 
A generic, a blue, a black, and a red is a 4-4 with flying. So when Nicol Bolas the Ravager enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card. I do like the each. Always good. Yep. Uh, so for four generic, a one blue, one black, one red, exile Nicol Bolas the Ravager. Then return him to the battlefield, transformed under his owner's control. Activate this ability anytime you could count. You could cast a sorcery. Okay, and then he transforms into Nicobolus the Arisen. For uh, he is comes in with seven loyalty, and he has plus two, draw two cards. Minus three, Nicobolus the Arisen deals ten damage to target creature oh, or planeswalker. Jesus Minus four. Put target creature or planeswalker card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Mind you, anybody's graveyard. Yup. A and graveyard. Minus 12, exile all but the bottom card of target player's library. That's huh. so douchey. I mean, so this is, ba- that's actually a thing that uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor, the like, one that's banned in almost every format sort of did. If I remember correctly, his thing was that it was shuffle your, uh, no, it was, uh, uh, mill your entire deck. And then like your hand is now your deck. So when you run out of cards in your hand, you lose for mill, but you didn't play Jace the mind sculptor for that. You played it for all of his other abilities. And I think, again, you're going to be playing Nicol Bull as the Arisen for all of his other abilities. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, it does cost seven to get this. And you already have to have had Nicol Bolas out to play it and yeah. made sure he didn't die, because this is not a thing you can do at instant speed. Nope. Like this, You have to do this at sorcery speed, so people will have a chance to kill him first. And... <laughs> Exiling him isn't part of the cost, so they will still get a chance to respond after you paid the cost. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this might be still like avoidable, but it will not be fun if you don't avoid it. Honestly, all the other abilities are terrible. Uh, do you want to take uh, Palladia, though? His sister? Yeah. So this is Palladia Moores, the Ruiner, for three generic, uh, one red, one green, and a white. Uh, she is a legendary creature, Elder Dragon, with 6-6. Six, six. She has Flying, Vigilance, and Trample. Palladi- uh, Palladium the Ruiner has Hexproof if it hasn't dealt damage yet. Sister of Nicol Bolas, survivor of the Elder Dragon War, the most vicious of her kin. I like that that basically means that on any given turn, the only time she can be targeted is after combat. Yeah. Which, admittedly, is when you should be targeting creatures, Mm -hmm. but plenty of people like me are bad at sequencing and will try and do targeting before combat. Yeah. And she just straight up can't be. That, that's brilliant. And it means that you can't do anything about, like, making her, uh, like, like, not able to, you can't, like, tap her down before combat. Honestly, I think she's scarier looking than he is. Oh, definitely. I think she also, like, then... I think she might be one of the better of all of the Elder Dragons we've talked about. Like, Arcades is niche. Chromium is interesting, but very strange. Nicol Bolas is a fine card... A fine-ish card by himself. Like, he's very... Because of his, like, 
wide color array, it's sort of a pain. Mm-hmm. And if you can transform him, then yay, that's amazing. But before that, I think Palladia is just better. So we've got one more, which is Vivictus Asmati. Um, so he is the Jund-colored one. Mm-hmm. So for three, a black, red, and a green. He's a legendary creature, Elder Dragon, another 6-6, six, six, so that's nice. He's got flying, and whenever Vivictus Osmati the Dyer attacks, for each player, choose target permanent that player controls. Those players sacrifice those permanents. Each player who sacrificed a permanent this way reveals the top card of his or her library, then puts it onto the battlefield if it's a permanent. Okay, I I think I might like Vivictus Osmati better, but just because I think he's... I think he's going to be a very interesting card in multiplayer formats. Yes. Like, uh, Palladia is good, but I think the fact that Vivictus can sort of do a politicking thing Mm -hmm. is interesting. Because it can be, one, makes you sack them. So he can hit some things and remove some things that other Mm -hmm. targeted removal can't. Yeah. But he also gives opponents a chance to get something back. But the thing is, whereas Palladia is very much just like, I will rip and shred and tear you. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, it's also, again, player style. If you'd like to play a more aggressive deck, she is yeah. like, she is like, I will take you down as quickly and as efficiently and rip you to shreds. Yeah, and Vivictus is very much banana. like feeding into the whole Jund thing, where it's, yeah. he's got the like aspects of green and black, so like death becomes life and life becomes death. So it's like, yes, I'll kill a thing, but you'll still have a chance to replace it. You might get yeah. to replace it with a better creature, or you might get a land, or you might get nothing, but still. Like, I just like that idea that it's it's conditional upside. So, like, yeah, if you're playing against people who are aware of what their top decks are going to be because they're scrying or something, you go like, hey, you want that thing on the top of your deck for free? All it's going to take is that I'm going to destroy that thing. Yep. Yep. Like, and I just love that it's sacrifice and, like, it's targeted sacrifice. That's not a thing that happens. That's cool. That's much, really cool. I feel cool. like it's a much more, what's the word I'm looking for, um, subtle? I don't know subtle. about subtle. Subtle isn't the word I'm looking for. It's much more nuanced. That's sort of a Yes, it's very nuanced. Yeah, that's definitely a good one for that's him. That's a much, yeah. I, like, I was thinking subtle, because nu- subtle is part of nuance. Yeah. Because there's layers yeah. to it. Um, um, I think that's just really cool, though. Yeah. Like, uh, because, I mean, like... That I want, there's only one artifact I want to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, which one? Field Creeper. Or the art. Ah, okay. Yeah, but please continue. Oh, yeah, I was just basically saying that, um, just because it's sacrifice, you can remove stuff like indestructible creatures that normally a destroy effect doesn't do anything to. I just mm-hmm. think that's really cool. Okay, yeah. you've I've got your uh, Field Creeper up for you. Nope, and then it looks like we lost the Miriam. Okay, while we wait for the Miriam to come back, uh, then I will cover a silly, stupid card that I wanted to talk about, which is... It was going to be the last one, but now it'll be the second. Oh, wait, you're back? I'm back? You're back? I'm back. You're back. Okay, Field Creeper real quick. Yes. Okay. Too generic for, as a 2-1. This is a, an artifact creature, Scarecrow. As it walks across the fallow field, its awkward loping gait matches the rattling in its head to create a haunting rhythm that kills the bones. 
It's creepy. I like it. That's oh, all. This is a reprint. Okay, hang on. I don't remember that. Oh, this was an Eldritch Moon. We've covered this one. Oh, we have. Okay, that actually was like... The art seems familiar, but I love it, so let me talk about it. It even has the same flavor text. Okay, I've got one more that I was going to talk about because it's Don't silly, worry. and uh, then I think we're good. Okay, mm -hmm. we have got Transmogrifying Wand. For clarification, this is also the card that Lur got to spoil this set, because it's dumb. <laughs> so, for three generic, it is an artifact. Transmogrifying Wand enters the battlefield with three charge counters on it. For one and tap, remove a charge counter from Transmogrifying Wand. Destroy target creature. Its controller creates a 2-4 white ox creature token. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. Nice. She's like, you're Vivictus Osmati? Yeah, no, he's a, uh, he's a, he's an ox now. <laughs> like, wh wh why? Because I didn't want you to make me sacrifice stuff, so now you've got an ox. <laughs> Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. <laughs> You're now a <laughs> moo? I don't know. <laughs> That's terrible. I know it was the best I could think of. You just took something and made it worse. I know. I my what I would have done is inserted a curse word there, but I know I'm not supposed to swear as often as I do in real life. Um, ah, well, I think, <laughs> I think with that we are going to start heading out then, because I have to do a stream in. Like, an hour and a half? Nah, it starts at uh, one, so like two and a half hours. Okay. Um, and because we still have to do the post show, so stuff. Yes, and I have a I have a disgruntled kitty to let out. Yes. Um, so thank you all very much for listening or watching. Uh, remember that you can find all the other stuff that we do at our website. That's lairoflore.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, which is also at lairoflore. Miriam, where can they find you? Um, I am also on Twitter as Madcap Mim, uh, and I'm on actually most other social media as Madcap Mim. Yeah. Uh, Instagram Madcap Mim, <laughs> Twitter Madcap Mim. Uh, I'm not telling you my Facebook, so yeah. that's fine. But you can I mean, contact. You, you can find all of us on Facebook at Lair of Lore. If you want to talk to us, yeah. send us an email, comment, subscribe. If you really like us, maybe consider Patreon. Uh, and and before we get too far away from that, yes, we do actually have an email. Uh, if you'd like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't do the end bits that often. Uh, you can email oh, us at masterminds at layeroflore dot com. That one. It, it's layer of lore everywhere. It's layer of lore all the way down. Um, you can find us pretty much every day over on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash com, playing a wide variety of games. We have two major stream times at uh, 1 p.m. minus 7 GMT, so Mountain Time, and about 6 p.m. minus 7 GMT, where we'll play an assortment of different games and goofy things on stream. Come feel free to join us. Um, again, though, if you just want any of our contact information, just check down in the show notes. You can get access to, like, the Facebook, the Twitter. You can find out where the Patreon is. You can get into the Discord. We've got many of different ways to contact us to provide feedback or whatever. Just so, chat with us. We like to talk. Yes. we. The Discord at this point is mostly focused on a uh, channel full of adorable kittens and puppies because that's just kind of what we're about. Anyway... Thank you all very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week, because Miriam's moved, and now we'll hopefully record again. Yay!
One day. One day we'll actually do the Dominaria story. Hopefully I'm... next week. Probably not. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Alright. Bye, all. Bye! Thank you very much for watching, whatever you just watched. Thank you so very much for watching. Remember that you can check out everything else that we do down at all these places below. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and even our Patreon, where you can help support us like the wonderful people up above me right now. Tramer and Stark Maximum are painters in the lair. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.